Thanks for joining us on Battle Walks as we walk across the great battlefields of Europe. If you're enjoying the show, why not become a member? Every week, you'll receive exclusive bonus episodes available only to subscribers, and you can listen to all our episodes completely ad-free. Click on the link in the show notes to join us via ACAST+. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. A Living History Production. I'm Matt McLaughlin. And I'm Pete Smith. We're battlefield historians who love nothing better than getting out and walking the ground where great battles in history took place. And now we'd like you to come with us. Every week, Battle Walks will take you to one of the great battlefields of Europe. As we walk the ground, we'll dig through the pages of history, we'll uncover the secrets of the battlefields, and most importantly, we'll tell the stories of the people who fought and died there. Welcome to Battle Walks. Hello and welcome to another episode of Battle Walks. We've done a few different things over the last couple of weeks, and this one's different again because... I can't quite believe it, but uh, after all the years of COVID and lockdowns and not being able to travel, my wonderful co-host Pete Smith is actually out on the battlefields. So this is the first in a new series we're going to do, and I'll come up by, by the time you're listening to this, it'll have a name, it'll be live from the front or something like that. Um, but what a great opportunity to actually talk to someone who is out there now doing what we all love doing, which is walking the ground. Pete, where are you coming to us from today? Well, I'm actually in, where am I? I'm in Amiens. I've been moving about a bit. I'm in Amiens tonight. Uh, previous, uh, the, the previous night was in Arras, and before that I was uh, actually uh, in Ypres. So, uh, yeah, Amiens uh, uh, tonight. So I've been moving around. Um, I'm guiding a school group around, which is great. I haven't taken a school group around this year. This is the first one. So uh, 47 pupils and staff exploring the battlefields. Wow, it's a big group too. Um What's it like taking school students around, Pete? I mean, army on the heart of the Somme, the famous Somme battlefields. How, how do young people react when they see these sites? Because I, you know, I've taken my share of young people groups as well, and mm. usually they're pretty good. Occasionally, you get people that are less interested. But how are you finding taking students around uh, the battlefields? Yeah, well, these are predominantly history students, so that helps. Uh, occasionally, you do get a school that is just a, a mix of people that are arriving for different reasons, and uh, so we have a different levels of interest. Here, it's a fairly consistent level of interest, because there are people that are really interested. In fact, there's a lad on this tour that, that I, I, I could go and uh, go back on the coach. He could take over. He's he's read almost everything he could possibly read. He's very, very knowledgeable. He tells me where I am before I know where I am. Uh, <laughs> I have to keep telling him, not your turn. 
you know, you stay quiet and we'll have, <laughs> let somebody else have a go. Uh, so yeah, so it's great. It's great to be back with students. I enjoy it. And they also, you get odd questions. I love the off the, off the cuff, uh, um, you know, uh, question, one that probably an adult wouldn't ask. That also makes things interesting as well. So yeah, so it's, it's good. It's good to be back with students and I'm enjoying it. One of the things I am often asked is when I'm doing interviews for Anzac Day or talking about the battlefields in general, I often get asked why Australian young people in particular engage so strongly with the war and it always leads to a conversation that it's a really it's a, it's a lucky thing for us that young people do engage so strongly with Anzac history. And there's also a feeling that young people can engage more with the history because they haven't had to live through the aftermath of a big war. You know, previous generations, either they were fighting in a world war or their children had to endure the effects of soldiers coming home and, and, uh, and all the repercussions that come with that. Do, so on that basis, Pete, do, do young people get it? They, they, they don't have any mm. personal connection in any active way with the concept of going mm. off and fighting for your country. Can you take them around the battlefield and do they get it? Well, I suppose that's that's really my job. That's what I'm here for is, is to try and help them understand uh, what went on and how it affected families. But you are, you are right. No, if, if you've not had that experience, you've not had a, a death in the family from warfare, you, there's no memory really or very little memory of, uh, certainly a fading memory, I suppose, for most of the young students of, of warfare. The other side of the coin is, I suppose, is the mass media. Mass media brings war, whether you're involved or not, it brings war into your front room, especially with, with what's going on at the, at the moment in the Ukraine. Um, so there's a knowledge of warfare, but it's remote. Uh, and I suppose what I'm trying to do is link that remoteness of watching a warfare on the TV to a reality that connects them with their past, uh, as, as well as and certainly for Australians with with their their experience. I, I quite often, um, for many of you who who know me and, and know my experience, I, I'm ex forces. My son's also ex forces, so I often bring in stories of of modern conflict and how it affected me uh, and my family. That helps, I think, a little bit in in, uh, in in bringing it to life. But I think that's the key: is to try and bring it to life. I think what helps immeasurably with the First World War is looking at those headstones and the private epitaphs at the bottom. Those very moving epitaphs are something that can bring it to life for somebody or hopefully with a little bit of added information, read the epitaph, try and understand what the family was going through. And and that's, I suppose, what is what I'm doing all the time is we're looking at these 950 Commonwealth War Grave cemeteries scattered across the whole of northern France and, uh, and Belgium. You start to talk about every one of those headstones is a grieving family, or the majority are, and then try and bring that into the story. So, so you can get there, and you look up sometimes, and I look at the faces, and I think, yeah, maybe those are starting to get it, those definitely are not getting it. And so, it's just people. People react differently, and maybe they'll think about it later on, they'll think about it when they get older. But just to put these thoughts into their heads, I think, is, uh, is important. Yeah, and uh, all the stuff we're talking about, how young people don't have that experience, the first-hand experience of either going through a war or living through its aftermath, I think that's a wonderfully positive thing. I would never say that's a negative. We actually live in a very peaceful time, notwithstanding Ukraine and you know, recent engagements in Afghanistan and Iraq. We actually live in a relatively peaceful time. And so it's it's good that our young men and women are not being required to quit their jobs at 19 or 20 and go off and fight in a war so so yeah it's it but it's a trade-off it's a, it's a trade-off between 
it's great that they don't have to go through it themselves, but how do we keep those memories alive? So I think doing what you're doing uh, is is solving that problem, helping them understand, but also um, you know also having them walk the ground and understand what people went through before. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Are there standout so, sites that young people um, particularly want to visit, Pete? Like, are there? Is it just standard that they all want to go to the Newfoundland Park and walk through trenches, and they all want to see German blockhouses at Tynecott? Or do you find that with different groups yeah. of students, they can be drawn to different things on the battlefield? Well, it's interesting. We've, I've just been uh, literally having a meal with uh, uh, with the students and with their tutors, and one of the things that came up in the conversation is which museum have you enjoyed so far? Uh, we've got a couple more to go to before we uh, we finish the tour. Um, so I'm going to leave it to the end to actually to get a, a, a straw poll with the uh, with the students as to, as to which. But at the moment, it's the one that we visited first thing in the morning, nine o'clock this morning. We went to Carrier Wellington. Where the underground uh, caverns created by the New Zealand tunneling companies by linking up underground quarries beneath the uh, the streets of uh, of Arras, and they really enjoyed that. And the presentation there is excellent. I have to say the guides are excellent. You put on a, a helmet and go underground. So it's it's got a, what a lot of students like. It's got literally things you can do, tactile things you can touch and feel. Good presentations of film, uh, and then the physicality of going underground uh, and that experience. And I think, yeah, I think for a lot of young people, that's what they like. They like something that's a little bit more than either watching a screen or looking at glass cabinets. They like it to be a little bit hand-on. So what sort of things have you been doing, Pete, apart from going underground in tunnels? What sort of things have you been doing with the students that have really stood out for you? Yeah, well, to me... um, I enjoy just chatting to them. So I like taking them to a, a cemetery and having a good conversation about what went on in that cemetery. We've talked about it in, for those that listen to previous podcasts, uh, Polygon Wood, uh, New Butts British Cemetery, one of my favourite locations. Uh, a lot of work going on there at the moment. They're rejuvenating the lawn. So a little bit fiddly, we had to come in from the back. Uh, but it, uh, it, I like it in there. You can have a good chat about various stories, the reburial of soldiers, uh, uh, certain characters in there that have good stories, the memorial, 50th memorial. Uh, It's just a good place to tell a lot of stories. And I think the students like it. When you're doing one of those types of sites, you need to do it early in the morning because you can feel with students, they start to flag. Um, You need to feed them and water them and and wind them up again and they're off again. Uh, But uh, early morning, that was an early morning visit, uh, one of the first visits. And uh, yeah, that that, for me, that was one of the, uh, the highlights so far. Uh, an engagement. I think the key is to engage the students. And uh, today has been a particularly successful day. I've had lots of little private chats with uh, individuals coming across and saying, "Please say, what's what's actually that mean? What does that? How does that work?" And so, yeah, that, that's what I I enjoy is that is the private chats as well as the chatting uh, chatting to the whole group together. One of the difficulties you must have, Pete, is visiting a battlefield there is a fair bit of assumed knowledge because the people that created the cemeteries, the mm. the people that created the memorials and, and made the battlefields a place of pilgrimage were military people. They, and even if they weren't themselves, they had grown up during the war. The, it was a much more militaristic age where serving in the army was a, you know, a, a very good career option. Um, it must be a bit of a challenge to try and, you know, to, to explain to young people ranks and, battalions and unit sizes and and mm. and military structure how do you overcome that one do you do you give them lots of information and hope they get it or do you do you simplify it as much as you can how do you um how do you pass on that difficult military information 
Yeah, I give them basics, basically. I, th- I think you can feel you can feel and watch their eyes glazing over if you go into too much detail. So the basic information, a thousand men in the battalion. I started doing a couple of days ago. I was talking about brigades and divisions, and I I, I started immediately to think, oh no, too much, too much. Uh, you have to say it because you have to try and give them a feel of the size. Uh, and I've, today, one of the interesting subjects was how long does a soldier spend in the front line? So we spent some time talking about uh, the soldiers' uh, movement in and out of the line and how long they spent in the line because one of the standard beliefs for those that haven't read a great deal is a soldier turns up from wherever and moves into the front line he stays in the front line until he's either killed or wounded or the war ends so I was trying to put that that kind of generalization uh, uh, to bed and, and explain a little bit about the, the reality so that's always interesting to to put those kind of bits of information across but it, it's all about judging your audience it's all about deciding when to change tack when to stop for a while and I have to say yesterday evening when we completed yesterday evening we'd done too much and we had a couple more sites to go to and I just had a a, a word with the, uh, the, the 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 head uh, who's who's taking the brought the tour out here and I said look I said what, what's your view of what's going on at the moment I said because I can perceive that this is there's a, a glazing of eyes and exhaustion has set in. He said, yeah, Pete, let's just knock it on there. Let's not do the, the final two sites we were going to do. And we, di- we didn't do them. And I think sometimes you have to do that. Uh, as that old saying goes, less is sometimes more. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I remember my first trip to the battlefields was three or four weeks, and this was me in my 20s, enthusiastic, had read about it, had wanted to go for years, and even after that period of time, it, it does it does start to weigh on you. There's an emotional burden that comes with this as well. Mm. You can only, at the end of the day, let's not forget what we're talking about. We're talking about young men being killed and maimed and horrors and 
and tragedy. It uh, it's it can be a, a you know a bit of an endurance feat as well. I have to say, it affects me as well. When you do an awful lot of talking, and certainly I hadn't talked to such an extent, uh, students ask a lot of questions, and so there is an awful lot of having to do perhaps more thinking than they would on a normal a normal adult tour. And by the end of yesterday evening, second day uh, second day into the tour, I got back yesterday, and I was I was fairly knackered to put it to put it crudely. Uh, it uh, yeah, it can also it takes its 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 wear on you. And this morning and today, it's somehow it's been a bit easier. I had a good night's sleep, and uh, yeah, but I'm tired again now. It's uh, it can be tiring uh, putting across information and answering questions, and just thinking about logistics of where you're going next and what's happening. And uh, now we went to some fairly fairly uh, interesting sites today. We, we, we were predominantly for an Australian group. We were concentrating on the on the British battlefield today. You mentioned you went to Polygon Wood, which is one of our favourites. Did you do the walk with the students through the wood down to Scott Post? And what I'm talking about here is there's a number of uh, there's a number of bunkers, German pillboxes that were captured by Australians. Yeah. Did you did you do the walk through the wood? I hope they're not listening because we didn't. <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it adds time. a lot of time. It's not, yeah, it's it not does something time. you only do it's, in a group. It's down to time. We have got a packed itinerary. Uh, and uh, on this uh, on, uh, yesterday, we started on the salient and finished uh, at the Battle of Arras. So we had an awful lot to fit in. And so, no, you have to decide what to drop and what not. Uh, and we had several uh, extras. They wanted to go to several museums that were not on the itinerary. And so that's the other thing that there's a, a guide you get fairly astute at doing, and that's fast balls and trying to figure out what you can fit and, and, and what you what you cannot. So, yeah, so quite a bit of rejigging going on uh, as well yesterday. Uh, part of what I enjoy, actually, I, I, I like problem solving. So it was uh, it was good. You said you had a, a, a fascinating and unique experience, Pete. I, I you know, you I touched on it briefly with me before this uh, before this discussion. I'd love to hear more about it. Tell us what that was today. Well, I, I did something that. I- Oddly, very often uh, you get oddities. I, I look for unusual questions, and when somebody asks me a question that nobody has asked in nearly twenty years, uh, I say, "Right, that's a new question. Never been asked that before. Hopefully, I can answer it." In this case, it was uh, a young lad. He said, I'd, "I'd like to go to this German cemetery if we can." It's Saint uh, Laurent. I'm sure you're not spelling it like it's Blangi. I think that's how you pronounce it. Who knows? Uh, anyway, it's a German military cemetery on the outskirts uh, of Arras. He said, "I'd like to go there," and I said, "Oh yeah, great." And I said, "It's uh, it's achievable. We can actually get there, which is." Good to start off with, we could we could fit it in by a bit of a detour. I said, uh, "Why?" He said, oh, "I've got a relative there." So that was a double whammy. One, I'd never taken an Australian group to this German cemetery, and I think I'd only been to it myself a couple of times in the past anyway. So I, I hadn't taken any groups there before, but extraordinary to take an Australian group there. And then secondly, this is the first time I've ever in 20 years taken uh, somebody to literally to a German's grave. Sadly, he is in the, the mass grave, the comrade's grave there, but at least we know where he is. So, yeah, so multiple fests, really. So very moving. And uh, this this young chap... Uh, uh, I don't actually know how far back uh, his family had moved to Aus- uh, to Australia, but uh, a relative who had uh, fought in the German army. Uh, so yeah, so very moving, and had a, we did a, a good photo session there of him standing in front of the the mass grave, sadly, and uh, and yeah, uh, extraordinary and very moving and a first for me. Was he as the young bloke? Was he moved to be there in front of his relatives' grave? I think he's. What we've just been talking about, Matt, really, I suppose, he's a little too far removed almost. His family had briefed him and he'd done some of the research himself. 
but he hadn't quite got the connection. And I thought, oh, I'd love to do a bit more work with him. I haven't got time, but I, 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 given the time, I'd love to sit down and, and do a little bit more research and try and tie him in to it. Uh, it. It felt, I think, a little too far removed, almost in the, you know, in the, it, it, it must seem, and it is, you know, centuries ago. Uh, and so to him, not quite that connection that perhaps some of us who remember the veterans and, and spoke to the veterans. So, yeah. It's, it's what we've been talking about and generations, time moves on and it becomes more remote. And for him, yeah, it, it, it felt a little too remote. And so I would have liked a bit more kind of connection, but he just didn't have it because he didn't have all the information. It's odd the transition we're going through now, mate. I'm sure every generation goes through this, but I'm kind of living through it at the moment as a man in my 40s yeah. that, uh, you know, your grandparents were First World War generation. My grandparents were Second World War generation. But I, I, I can't quite believe I'm going to say this. Young people today, their grandparents are Vietnam War veterans. <laughs> it's just, yes. it's just <laughs> yeah. the, the fighting in the yeah. 1960s. That's who, yeah. that's their yeah. grandparents now. So, yeah. and again, it's a good thing. People, you know, we we felt the the knock on effects of the First and Second World War for decades afterwards in a bad way. I'm saying, you know, we had. Mm. We had yeah. men, we had unemployment, we had suicide, we had alcoholism, family abuse. We did not cope as a society very well with the trauma that we'd inflicted on these generations who went off to war. And there are a lot of people walking around today who do not have fond memories of Anzac Day and and military service because they saw their dad going out and getting drunk and angry. And it's a, it's a horrific yeah. thing that we don't focus on enough, particularly yeah. around this time, you know, around Anzac Day, we don't focus on it enough yeah. that... The repercussions of, of men having to go through that were long-lasting and affected whole families, not just the men themselves. Yeah. So, again, I'm saying this to make the point that it's a wonderful thing that young people these days, if you say, what does it mean to for somebody to go off and fight in a war, they'd go, I have no idea. I, I think that's a well, wonderful the, thing. It's interesting. One of the conversations we had today uh, with the staff and the students was the money that had been spent on both the uh, Sir John Monash Centre at Villas Bretonneau and the money that had been spent currently on the war memorial in Canberra, uh, and one of the uh, the staff is is ex-military, and he was saying, "I wish they'd spend that kind of money on my mates who are committing suicide at a terrible rate." Uh, and I can relate to that, you know, I, I, and it's something that that is interesting for the student view uh, on that. Should we be spending money on memorialization, and should we be spending money on uh, on on visitor centres, or should that money be going to the veterans themselves? Uh, that's something that, that that comes up quite often in, in conversations. Well, when you talk money as well in this instance for our non-Australian listeners, the Sir John Monash Centre at Villers Bretonneux, our national memorial in France there, cost a hundred million Australian dollars. Uh, and the work currently going on on the Australian War Memorial is five hundred million dollars, half a billion dollars. So when when we look at how chronically underfunded, I don't want to get too high on my soapbox, but when we look at how chronically under underfunded support for veterans has been historically since Iraq and Af- Af- Afghanistan, and then note that we're spending six hundred million on commemoration, uh, yeah, you do you do ask some questions. Mm. We should ask those questions. We shouldn't just yeah. accept with blind faith that the remembrance of Anzac is a is a blank check. We should ask questions about that balance. So, yeah, mate, it's good. It, it seems like a lot of the the students being there are bringing out a lot of important questions. Yeah, it's interesting, and and I quite like that. The far ranging conversations that perhaps we may avoid with some of the adult groups, they they come to the fore with with the student groups, and I think yeah, it, that's what makes it much more interesting. Well, I think that's a good point. It can be. Um 
not to obviously say anything poorly about our adult groups who who we we absolutely love taking around, <laughs> but obviously if you're someone who is spending your own hard earned dollars and going to the trouble of travelling to the other side of the world to visit a battlefield, you obviously feel it's significant and it's important. So mm. you're right; these things often don't come up. So people, when they're in that frame of mind, would usually be very supportive of the idea of spending as much money as possible to commemorate the Anzacs because they're there themselves to commemorate the Anzacs. Yeah, and that's absolutely yeah. fair enough. So I love that engaging with young people too because they tend not to have such a uh, an established view. And I uh, yeah. I think that's fantastic. So I, I, I think it's brilliant, the, the stuff that's going on there with the young people, Pete. Yeah, I agree. Is there, um, is there something coming up on the tour that you're really looking forward to, to taking the students to? Well, we are doing this John Warner Centre tomorrow, so I've uh, I've been kind of giving them hints about what uh, what they're going to be looking at there and what what the procedure is. And uh, it's a young person's that, museum, isn't it? It's a young it is. It is. So uh, that's and that is my view. That that is what I'm interested in, really. Uh, and so we've been talking to the uh, the staff as well, and we're all, we've also got the old school museum. We're going to the Victoria School. Um, and uh, then the so it's a very Australian day today. We're actually uh, tomorrow. We're doing Poitiers. We're doing uh, Le Hamel. We're doing Villas Bretonneau, um, including uh, Adelaide Cemetery, where the unknown soldier was exhumed from. So very Australian day tomorrow as their final day with me. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see at the end of the day what their viewpoint is. And uh, so I'm going to lots of questions at the end. Which museum? Which day did they prefer? Uh, which subjects did they prefer? And it, it's interesting because it's feedback for me, so I can tweak uh, future tours. But it's also it's it's interesting to to listen to their view on on what's happened over the last three days. It's just been a three day tour. I'll be very interested to hear what they've got to say about Sir John Monash Centre. It's it's very technological. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's it's all screens and apps and and uh, interactive and recreations and it's it's a very technological museum, um, very good for young people. A little bit more difficult to engage with with the typical battlefield visitor who's a bit older. Um, but so I'll be very interested to hear that feedback. It's a it's a it's a very good Australian. No matter what you think of it, it's a very good Australian experience. It does make you feel proud to be an Aussie. So I'll be very interested to hear what they've got to say about it. Um, Pete, it's very late there. Thank you for staying up to talk to us. It's very early here and it's very late there and we, we really do appreciate it because I did want to hear your views of what it was like to be walking the ground. Uh, but I will let you go and get some sleep. I know you're, uh, you've got a big day on tomorrow. Thank you very much. But, um, <laughs> mate, it's been, it's been wonderful. We'll do more of these as time goes on and, uh, and get some feedback actually on the battlefields. It's a, it's a unique and wonderful experience. So thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you would like to support the show, there's a couple of ways you can do it. Firstly, you can become a member. For a small monthly fee, you can subscribe to the show and listen to every episode ad-free and also receive exclusive episodes directly from Pete and I. So see the link in the show notes to sign up at ACAST Plus and become a member of the show. Also, if you want to make a one-off contribution, you can now buy us a coffee. Visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash battlewalks and you can make a small contribution there. See you next week.